Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's been five years and the GeekCast Radio Network would like to give back to you. How, you may ask? Well, first of all, we're coming up with a brand new website to be launched June 1st, 2014. In addition to that, there'll be many new features for interactive abilities. So how do you enter into this magical celebration? Well, GeekCast Radio has a contest where you can win some awesome prizes, ranging from comics, Blu-rays, DVDs, trade paperbacks, and comics, and more. How do you enter? Write in your favorite stories of how the GeekCast Radio Network has affected you in the last five years and how it's unleashed the geek in you. You can also enter by writing reviews on our shows on iTunes. For more information, visit www.geekcastradio.com and click on the banner. So until next time, unleash the geek in you. And the masters of the universe. I am Adam. Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man the most powerful man in the universe only three others share this secret our friends the sorceress man at arms and Orko together we defend Castle Grayskull from the evil forces of Skeletor Hello, this is Optimus Solo, and welcome to the 23rd chapter in Tales of Eternia. With me for this journey into the Masters of the Universe franchise, as always, is TFG1 Mike. Hello. Hello. And today is somewhat of a milestone episode here for Tales of Eternia as we take our first venture into Season 2 of He-Man, Masters of the Universe. So are you ready for the powers of Grayskull, sir? I'm ready, but we have to talk about one thing before we continue. I don't know. <laughs> we kind of have to, since this is a Masters of the Universe podcast. Uh, that news about um, the movie having a new writer. 
That movie's been in such limbo, it's not even funny. Yeah, but it seems like it's getting somewhere. Well, it should have got somewhere two years ago. We can only hope that it's not going to contain characters that didn't exist prior to the movie. <laughs> and and I'd be surprised if um, if uh, if Dolph uh, left the Expendables franchise to return as He-Man. <laughs> I don't know an old He-Man. I he might be able to pull it off. Um, no. <laughs> More than no. Okay. Man. All right. All right. All right. Well, let me ask you: Who do you think? <clears throat> who do you think would make a good live-action He-Man these days? Um. Hmm. I'd have to think about that one for a little while. <laughs> but I'm sure they're out there somewhere. Um, I don't know. I'll get back to you on that one. I honestly think they need to do a live-action version of Secret of the Sword. That would make a good Masters movie, because you combine both Etheria and Eternia. That would be great. Probably won't happen, but yeah, whatever. Hey, I'd be all for a crossover with She-Ra and He-Man, but I think that would be the second movie if the first one did well. Yeah. That'd be a great sequel. Plus, it's a sequel that introduces a whole new fandom slash franchise, so it would be successful even if, you know, even if people weren't going to see it for He-Man, they'd go to see it for She-Ra, so... Yeah, that's true. So, anyways, in this episode of Tales of Eternia, we will be giving you our thoughts on episode 66. And I don't know how people want us to do this, if they want us to do one now that it's season two. I'm going to keep going for now. So, episode 66, The Shadow of Skeletor. Episode 67, The Energy Beast. And episode 68, Fisto's Forest. So, we hope you're ready, because it's time to go back to Eternia. There were 130 episodes. Just do it in number order. It's easier. Many faces, that was a great rehearsal. I appreciate your helping me go over my lines of the play, Tila. How do you like my monster disguise? It's really scary. Duh, anyone here seen Orko? I, uh, a monster! I'll save you, uh, Tila. No, Ram Man, don't get me. Many faces. Ram Man, are you alright? Uh, wood. Uh, I had my my head set for stone. <laughs> Ram Man, you broke the scenery. How was I to know you weren't really a monster? Come on, you guys. It was just a misunderstanding. All right, we start today with episode 66, The Shadow of Skeletor, written by Roby Gorin, who is the first time we've heard his name. Um, air date of this one. Wait a second, folks. It's not 1983 anymore. It is Tuesday, September 11th, 1984. So what was the air date of... Um... Episode 65? Yeah, Giant. It was December of 1983. So they took almost a year. Yeah, that's that's typical for cartoons, especially in this time period. The the season runs basically from uh, August or September through December, and then they just run in reruns for the whole spring season. Right. And then they start coming again fresh that next year. So 
so yeah, so we, we're actually almost a year in advance of, of when we last left us, which means now I am um, not quite three yet. <laughs> no, you're two months shy of three. So I'm not. I'm, I'm a little older. I'm. I'm getting there. I'm getting closer to being three years old. I, I was already four. So. Well, so we're getting older. Uh, still probably not remembering this from a first-time viewing. But anyways, the plot for The Shadow of Skeletor uh, goes something like this. When Ram Man unintentionally ruins a play rehearsal, he and Manny Faces fall out and stop speaking to each other. All versions of Manny Faces. Meanwhile, Beast Man flying the Doom Buster to Eternia's Dark Moon can't resist tampering with the controls and causes it to fall towards the Royal Palace. He-Man diverts it, and Beast Man is captured. The heroic party continues on the Doombusters program course to the Dark Moon and spot giant photon blaster cannon there. Manny Faces poses as Beastman and takes the furry foe's place and continues on the Doombusters course, while the rest of the party shuttle to the bright moon to try to find out what is going on. So we have a big dilemma, and we have Manny Faces playing the part of Beastman. The bad guys in this episode are Beastman, Skeletor, Evelyn, Trapjaw, Merman, and Whiplash. And you have your regular masters with, uh, obviously, Ram Man um, and Manny Faces. So for all of our complaints towards the end of Season 1, we were wanting more evil warriors, and they said, here's the first episode of Season 2, we'll give you a whole slew of them. Yep. And the PSA was about Ram Man and Manny Faces uh, warning the viewers not to say anything they might regret to a friend. They basically hugged it out, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So what do you think <laughs> about this Manny Face slash Ram Man subplot and then the Manny Face actor slash imposter uh, uh, plot that we have in this one? I mean, if the Autobots can disguise themselves as the Stunticons, sure, why not Manny Faces as Beast Man? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's interesting that the two voice, I I, I don't know who voiced Manny. I, I can't place his voice. Like, usually if I hear um, John Irwin or, or Alan Oppenheimer as another character outside of, like, He-Man or Skeletor or Man-at-Arms, I usually can place their voices. I can't place the voice for Manny Faces. Um and it was really interesting. So if it was two voice actors doing one doing Manny and obviously the other one doing Beastman. I'll give you four that... guesses. <laughs> no, I don't want to guess. Just tell it's me. It's uh, Lushimer. Really? Yep. Wow. I would have never guessed that. Well, I think um... you would have after the other three guys in the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's either Linda Gary or, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'd be a really manly Tila. <laughs> um... But, uh, no, the whole thing with Manny and Rami, I, I thought it was interesting. I, it is a fun little side thing. They're basically the odd couple of Masters of the Universe is what they are. And all I could think of is that stupid ad. Mom, she's touching me. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching That's all I could think of the whole time I was watching the two of them fight. Interesting. Well, what about the Manny faces as far as the Beastman imposter and that type of uh, angle that they went with the episode? I liked it. I thought it was interesting. Um, I thought that Skeletor would have found out a lot sooner than when he did. Yeah. I almost think that Skeletor might have known the whole time, like when Manny Beast uh, first showed his face to Skeletor. Um, I thought Skeletor knew right then, but I wasn't sure. Um, but I liked it. I mean, it was, it was interesting. 
Um, and something new for season two uh, to the listeners here is uh, we will be including Orko's fun facts that come off of the BCI uh, DVD box sets for each episode. Um, sometimes we'll share all of them. Sometimes we'll share none of them. Sometimes we'll share some of them. It just depends on which ones we find interesting. There is an interesting one on this one that I'm not going to share because I don't want to ruin it for anybody that's kind of going along the journey with us. Um, but there is a few other ones. Uh, second fact on the DVD here is uh, for the first time, we actually get to see the villainous Doombuster. And apparently that ship was referred to in both season one episodes, the disappearing act and the double edged sword, but they never showed us what it looked like. So there's some continuity with that. Um, and if you watch carefully when the villains are recounting their acts of destruction, trap, trap jaws, arms, that's hard to say. Trap jaws, arms are actually swapped around. If you look closely. So sounds like a bad medic collector production (laughs) model. And uh, oddly, when Ram Man and Manny Faces deliver the uh, PSA, they are located in the underwater cavern that we saw in Search for the VHO and City Beneath the Sea from Season 1. So obviously some stock imagery being reused. Um, that's not a surprise. Well, stock background imagery since, you know, Manny and Rami are, 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 are in the current timeline right now. But the backgrounds, yeah, I mean, backgrounds in this series always are stock usually. I think the only thing we've never seen in the series, we probably never will see, is the back of Castle Grayskull. Um, yeah. We always see it from the side or the front or uh, from underneath of it. Um, any other thoughts on the plot, the PSA, or anything before we get into our ups and downs of this episode? I mean, the PSA, it's, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, it's a it's a lesson everyone should learn, obviously. Um, the plot, I liked it. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it, but it wasn't like an overwhelming, like, oh my God, this is the best story ever. Because um, at one point, uh, I, I felt like I had seen this before, which I will mention when we uh, eventually, later in the episode, get to Snake Mountain. Well, see... Um... I I kind of like the fact in this one that up to this point we really haven't had any of the uh, masters kind of at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the whole Tila Adam thing, but that's a little different. Um, but but like between just two of the regular, you know, non-familiar people to to have kind of like that that back and forth that's something new that we haven't really had so i kind of enjoyed that as a subplot um and i, I definitely enjoyed uh, for once because we've seen evil lynn disguise herself as a million people and try to infiltrate into the you know the good forces and into the palace and whatnot we've even seen skeletor do the same we've, we've never had the uh, the option to see one of the good guys kind of pose as one of the bad guys so i thought that was a cool little flip on things and manny faces was the perfect choice um and then it always sets up that time where I thought they would do something that they didn't do um, before we saw it again because it's just kind of a classic thing to do in, in a lot of different cartoons. But when you have, like, the two people both in disguise and then you have to try to convince, you know, obviously we saw it in Transformers with Prime and Prime uh, mm-hmm. in Generation 1, but but it's been seen in, in multiple cartoons as well and, and, other, and other things. And I thought we might get to see a little bit of that where Skeletor had to try to figure out which was which. Um, 
but it didn't upset me that they didn't do that either. Um, mm-hmm. But I just thought it set up an interesting dynamic where you weren't quite sure how it was going to play out. Was he going to get caught red-handed? Was he going to be able, you know, how was how was it going to happen when when the real Beast Man came into the picture? So I actually enjoyed the plot on this one quite a bit. I don't even know where the real Beast Man went. He escaped and flew off and had the, whatever that animal was, take him to Skeletor. But we never actually, I don't remember him showing up again after we see him fly off from the palace. Who's that? Beast, the real Beast Man. You mean, oh yeah, yeah. he just shows up with Skeletor? No, because, no, I don't remember after Beast Man escapes the palace, after he escapes being imprisoned and he tells the the flying thing to take him to Skeletor, I don't remember seeing him even show up where Skeletor was. No, they came in together. Um, Oh, okay. what happened. Like, he takes him to Skeletor, which we don't see, that's off screen, and then Skeletor and him just show up. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I guess they didn't take the time to see that, but maybe they didn't have time or whatever. Um... But yeah, a good plot. I, I enjoyed it and uh, set set a good tone for the episode. So we'll see what exactly, specifically, we liked about uh, this first season or first episode of season two. Almost forgot. Skeletor doesn't want me to touch the controls. Oh, you'll never know. <laughs> They won't even talk to each other. It's getting We have no time to lose. By the power of Greystone! There's only one way to stop it. I'll turn myself into a human whirlwind. First Castle Grayskull moments of Season 2 for the Shadow of Skeletor. I'll start off because I got a bunch. Um, (laughs) First of all, Manny Faces as an actor is pretty cool. Um, I like the idea that he was going to be in the Beastman disguise. I like the idea that they that he was able to impersonate the Beastman voice, that they let him do that. Um, and I liked Ram Man and Manny Faces going back and forth with each other. It added a little, added another layer to the episode, added some character development, added some humor, um, and some reality that you can uh, kind of relate to in your real life as, as you and a friend have probably fought at some point. I mean, I think that's where that kind of connects the most with the with the viewers because you always have that friend that you just have spent too much time with you've you've hung out one too many days you're on vacation with them for one too many days or something and eventually you guys have a falling out you snap at each other it doesn't last long you say mean things or whatever it is so i mean i think that's a really cool thing to include because i think boys that are watching this cartoon could definitely relate to that aspect of it it's not just two friends kind of bickering at each other it's it's a it's a little more than that um, I thought it was cool that Adam and, and uh, Man-at-Arms were talking about Adam transitioning to He-Man in front of Tila. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They actually brought that um, as you know something they wanted to talk about. And, and they're like, well, you can't do it in front of her. But, and he's like, I don't have any choice. Because we've never had that part where he actually had, is kind of put in a quandary where he needs to be human and there's no way that he can just run off stage. <laughs> he can run behind a tree. He can, you know, put a bag over Tila's head. Oh wait, that's a different topic altogether. Uh, <laughs> so I thought it was cool that he was faced with that dilemma and that we actually got a point where it looked like he was actually going to, uh, change in front of her. Mm. Um, for some reason I got to Rami saves the day. Don't ever call him that again. Um, for some reason, I got a kick out of the Moon Wars. I, I, I kind of liked that they had like the bright moon and the dark moon, and they were battling each other. And yeah, that's, that's classic sci-fi. So that was cool. Um, like I said before, Evil Warrior. Uh, we got to see a little bit of uh, all the different Evil Warriors from season one. So we saw that most of them will at least have some appearances in season two. So that was cool. Um, I thought it was cool that King, I think his name was like Barbo or Barba or something like that. I liked that he recognized the existence and the history of King Randor and Queen Marlena. Uh, that added a little continuity overall to the world and that mm-hmm. King Randor and Queen Marlena are known outside of the Royal Palace. Um, and I thought there was a good element of suspense with Beastman escaping. It was legit. Uh, moment where if you're watching this cartoon as a kid back in 1984, that you probably were, you had some suspense. You didn't know what was going to happen. Beastman has escaped, but Manny Faces is playing Beastman. What in the heck is going to happen? So that was legit suspense, not just cartoony, playful kid suspense. That was legit, like a suspenseful moment where you honestly don't know how they're going to play that part out. So I enjoyed that. What about you, sir? I will say to your point about the king and queen being known elsewhere other than just in the palace, we've had episodes in season one where other kingdoms have known about them. So, I mean, it's not like they're just there. Yeah, but I like uh, it every the, time they do that. Yeah, and the fact is, these are Eternia's two moons. So, you know, moon base one, moon base two, you know, there you go. Um, I think it would have been a little... moon base one and moon base two, though. Yeah. I think it would have been a little bit more exciting and interesting if it was one moon with one half being bright and one half being dark so that way you have a fight over one moon instead of needing two moons but that's neither here nor there um it's nice to see that Beastman still doesn't listen to orders <laughs> <Very> <laughs> I thought <true>. that was funny <laughs> i thought that was funny 
Um, uh, Manny as Beastman was very cool. Oh, poor Cringer. That was a good disguise, though. He, I'm telling you, Cringer is kind of like um, when Sully uh, rigged uh, the Monsters University contest at the end. You snap your finger and poof, Cringer is scared. Um, you mentioned the no choice thing, and I already mentioned my other part of that note was Rami saves the day. Um, how long has the colony been on the bright moon? They are definitely foreshadowing Shira. <laughs> Since the kingdom of bright moon is what is over in Etheria. Um, it's interesting to see Whiplash after we had seen Clawful in season one. We, we did see Whiplash, I think, at least once. Mm, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but maybe you're right. I believe so, but I, I could be wrong. I thought I remember get, grabbing a picture of him. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting because I was expecting to see all the other ones, and I'm like, okay, that's it. And then they're like, oh, well, there's one more. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything else for you there at uh, Castle Grayskull? Nah. All right, well, let's see if we have anything bad to say about the Shadow of Skeletor at Snake Mountain. Hey, sorry, Skeletor. I was busy. Just a technical problem. I'll be on my way soon. Excuses, excuses. I'm tired of hearing all your excuses. Fix the problem and go. Over and out. Yes, Skeletor. All right. First trip of season two to Snake Mountain, where we see if we have any lowlights. I will again go first, but this time only because I only have a few. And I feel like you're going to have more than me, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> first of all, can we stop doing this, please? Um, He-Man as a human whirlwind. I, uh, yeah, I had that too. I'm tired of He-Man trying to do impersonations of natural acts and disasters and stuff like that. He is not a weatherman. Um... So I'm tired of that. Uh, He-Man should have died with that boulder landing on him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can understand that He-Man is strong. He-Man is the most, you know, the strongest man in the universe, and He-Man can lift up heavy things. He can brace and push heavy things. He can throw heavy things. But when a boulder is falling on you at a fast pace from a distance. It's not something that even if you're the strongest person in the existence of the world, that you that you're able to stop. Like, well, then, Christ, there's two scenes in this episode that He-Man should have died because I found another one at the end. But I'm just saying, like, I can I could understand if it was like rolling at him, mm-hmm. if it was rolling towards him and he braced himself and 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 kind of in, took the initial impact and pushed back. But when something's dropping on you like that, even if you're strong it's still going to be on you. Like, you can't... It just... Physics doesn't work like that. Um, And, of course, my always uh, Snake Mountain moment whenever this happens, Rami, although it was clever that they paired it with Manny. (laughs) So it was Rami and Manny. Um, I just don't like it when they call him Rami. It's not shortening it. Ram man is two syllables. Rammy is two syllables. It's there's no point to this. Eh, what are you Why is he do? the only one that gets the kid name like he's a little jester? Well, technically, Manny. If you don't spell it man e faces, it's Manny is M A N N Y. So, anyway, um, uh, Rammy versus Manny. Oh, really, it's like two brothers fighting over a girl they both like. 
Like, seriously? Come on. Um, you already mentioned the whirlwind. And as I said at the beginning of this, um, well, I said that I felt like I had seen this before because of the, the disguise with Beastman. Uh, you already referenced a prime problem. Um, but the other reason why I feel like I've seen this before is because I don't, well, since then I have, not when I was a kid, because this is, the whole plot with the two moons and, and Skeletor getting the one moon, the dark moon to fight the good, to, to fight the bright moon, it's basically the Quintesson journal where the Quintessons got two races of two different planets to fight each other and sold weapons to both sides. I'm sorry. That's basically we have what... reached our limit for Transformers references in this episode. No, we haven't. I, I, I edit this show. I will do any Transformers reference I want, damn it. He-Man came before um, Transformers. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, okay, and the second death or near death of He-Man. Um, that just about ties up the Photon Blaster. Now let's set it off. Really, He-Man? Really. He was standing right there when it exploded. Regardless if he's the most powerful man in the universe, he should have been dead. Oh my god. The end of this episode. Ugh. What part are you talking about? At the end, the photon blaster. Uh-huh. He does the... He twists it up and sets it off, and it explodes. He should have been dead. Oh. Huh. I must have missed that. I'll put a screen cap in the post. Because I know you. I know you won't go back and watch it. No, I got too much other stuff to do. Yeah, right. Um, what else do you got? That's it. All right. Well, it's time then to hand out our first hardware of Season 2. Our awards and rankings coming up next. Look! The Moon of Darkness. Why would Skeletor want to send Beastman there? It's a photon blaster cannon. And it's ready to fire. We're done for unless... Unless I change into He-Man. Tilo will see your transformation. I have no choice. Power swords and havoc staffs in the shadow of Skeletor. I don't know. Uh, what do you got for us? Any hardware to hand out? Um, no, not really. Your first chance to hand hardware out, and you keep it in your pocket and don't give it to anybody. That sounds so wrong on so many levels. I will make up for it, and I will hand out a power sword to... Dun, dun, dun. Hurry up already. Manny Faces. <laughs> Manny Faces gets a power sword. Because I liked him in this episode. He impersonated Beastman, and he was acting at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And this will be the last time we see him. Don't spoil things for those who are watching. <laughs> Jerk face. <laughs> what do you rate this episode? Uh, three out of five, Orcos. Really? Uh, yeah. It it just didn't grab me as a season opener. It really didn't. Um, the fact that He-Man almost died twice is, is just lame. Um... Three out of five isn't bad. It's not like I gave it a one. 
Yeah, but we wanted evil warriors. They gave us evil warriors. We want yes, we wanted but... the ones that we haven't seen as much, and we see Whiplash, and we get a major uh, appearance of man. We see one one scene of Whiplash appearing. That's, that's, that's something. It. That's something. And then, uh, and then we get a major appearance from Manny Faces, which we hadn't got to see much at all. And it's like that is great. Then we got Manny Faces impersonating Beastman and infiltrating the e- evil people. And then we got Beastman getting free. We got suspense there. You act like I gave it a zero for crap's sake. Yes, three out of five is not a bad rating. It's not good enough. <laughs> I give this four and a half Battle Cats. And I would give it a five if He-Man hadn't turned into a human whirlwind. <laughs> so four and a half Battle Cats. It was a great start to season two. It started off on the right note, and I'm stoked and ready to see some more. So let's get on with episode 67, The Energy Beast. Wow! Man, I am just working on some great new inventions here. Hey, what's that? I never saw so many training wheels. Hey, I wonder how it works. And therefore, in recognition of He-Man's many heroic achievements, I hereby proclaim the first annual He-Man Day throughout the kingdom. Well, how do you think it sounds? I like it. I think it's about time we recognized He-Man. Don't you agree? Well, I, I, uh... I'm sure He-Man will appreciate this honor, Your Highness. I'll see to it that he receives. What's that? Marco! All right, it's time for episode 67, The Energy Beast, again written by Roby Gorin. The air date would be Wednesday, September 12th, 1984, and it goes something like this. After wreaking havoc with Men-at-Arms' latest vehicle, Oracle feels rather useless and unwanted. We've seen this before. This feeling is deepened when King Randor announces the first ever He-Man Day, celebrating Eternia's greatest hero. Captain America. Oh, Suddenly, a powerful earthquake strikes, which causes a chunk of nearby Mount Eternia to break off. Adam, Tila, and Orko investigate and find a temple within. Orko cannot resist going inside and finds a small glowing bean inside a bell jar. Or- Orko removes the jar, and the energy beast, quite the creative name, is released. Growing into a powerful bean, He-Man and Battlecat battle the energy beast, but it escapes into another dimension. At Castle Grayskull, the sorceress explains that the energy beast was created when the very planet formed and created terror before being trapped by the ancients. Their only chance of controlling the energy beast is by searching Mount Eternia for the gold chamber, which should contain the magic to control the beast. But Skeletor has got his eyes on getting the power for himself first. Masters, we have our normal ones there with an appearance from the king, the queen, and the sorceress. And for the Evil Warriors, we get them again. That's two episodes in a row to start Season 2. And this time we get Skeletor and Beastman with nobody impersonating him. Uh, the PSA was Tila and Orko talking about how Orko learned his lesson about being patient. As far as our fun facts, Mount Eternia was invented by Roby Gorn in this episode, which surprised a lot of people as this large mountain had never been seen before. Unfortunately, Roby was the only writer to use it after this introduction. Um, If you look carefully at the poster for He-Man Day, you will see that He-Man's sword of power is actually gold. 
The Raven appears as an homage to Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven Poem. And the Roto Rocket, used by the heroes as the same drilling machine used by Skeletor in the episode entitled The Search, and by Skeletor in the episode titled The Games. So, sir, thoughts about the trivia, thoughts about the PSA, thoughts about the plot for the Energy Beast. Um, the trivia, yeah, that's a little strange for one writer to create something that, and I think we've said this before, there was a series Bible for this show, and for any writer to not go by the series Bible, I'm sure if he asked somebody if he could create this and then they never use it again, though, that makes no sense. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily his fault that nobody wanted to do their homework and watch any of these episodes and be like, oh, he created a cool thing, we could use this, Mm -hmm. um... I think it's a I think it's a decent idea to create Mount Eternia. Oh no, I agree. I think it's a decent idea. I just think it's kind of crappy that because there was a series Bible that they basically set this out and he was trying to come up with a new idea and they never really went back to it. So yeah, uh, the plot itself, I like it. It's it's interesting. Um, it's basically i don't know i i kind of got the the sense of a <laughs> journey to the center of the center of eternia with this one because how they defeat the damn guy is putting him in the center of the planet talk about being the center of attention um so there's that um this might be the one episode of the entire series that orko really pisses me off oh man yeah, really pisses me off. I I don't know, like, I like that there's some history there, that we have Mount Eternia and this temple, and that we have a, a creature from the early days, not that we haven't seen that a few times already, um, from the beginning of Eternia's you know history, and that we get to see the uh, spirit of the ancients, etc., it's not like the greatest plot for me. It's it's an okay plot with a little history. Doesn't really give any characters that much of a, a chance to shine. Um, I thought it was cool that Skeletor came in and tried to get it first, but uh, it, is a, it is an okay plot, I guess. Um, in the PSA, I mean, at least it related to the episode, I guess. Yep. All right, so let's see what good things we can say about the energy beast. Beware those who pass through these portals shall witness absolute power. I didn't know you could read that stuff. I've always been interested in ancient Eternian languages, and uh, this one is extremely old. I wonder what it means by absolute power. We should go inside and investigate. (laughs) Maybe we better wait for an invitation. These seals have never been broken. They say that magical treasures are within. Magic? Wow, let's find them. We better wait until I can translate the rest of the writing. There could be danger inside. That's right. This temple's been buried for thousands of years. It can wait one more day. Good idea. This place gives me the creeps. Castle Grayskull moments for the Energy Beast. Go. First annual He-Man Day. Yay! Too bad. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That didn't last long since this is the final season of the show. Um, Jane, stop this crazy thing! I'm sorry, what? You heard me. Wasn't a Transformers reference. Orko is basically George Jetson in this episode. Ah. Jane, stop this crazy thing! Gotcha. Uh, his O fell off. <laughs> I too had that. I love that he lost and, his O. <laughs> and Man at Arms picks it up and almost uses it as a mini hula hoop. <laughs> um, Cringer has the right idea about moving to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the animation on He-Man riding Battle Cat as he's deflecting the blast from the Energy Beast. That's some new animation that I have not seen him do yeah there's there's a quite a bit of new animation that we get to see in these few first few episodes yeah uh there's an interesting episode as far as skeletor wanting to strike a deal with the beast granted we have seen skeletor do this in the past but it's nice to see that uh the evil warriors are back in full swing uh cringer always feels faint (laughs) (laughs) what about you um, I, I, as you did, I liked Orko, Orko losing his O. Um, I like that we had a little character development for Tila on uh, getting to know that she has a knowledge of languages. Um, I like the idea of tackling the fact that everybody wants to be famous and that they use that specific word of famous. Uh, mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to be like uh, loved or not everybody wants to be powerful, but they said famous because I think that's something that a lot of kids uh, do need to deal with. The, the kind of grow up in this uh media world where it seems like the end all be all is to be famous and and I like that they're tackling the idea that you know Orca wants to be famous and that's not all it's cracked up to be um I thought it was a cool idea to have uh, a temple in Mount Eternia and I liked that we get to see the uh, ancestor of Kremzik <laughs> reference from Optimus Solo uh-huh. So, uh, way too many already. We know if I'm doing things like that, that we should probably get to Snake Mountain. <laughs> yeah, because this is not the TFG2 podcast yet. We shall rise again. I'll be back, and when I return, the ancient secrets will be mine. <laughs> man day. Gee, he sure is lucky. No one would ever think of having Orko day. Orko, what's wrong? Adam! Oh, I didn't know you were here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my, my ears are flushing. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> well, you, you want to talk about what's bothering you? <clears throat> oh, there's really nothing to talk about, but, but it would be nice to be famous. No, Orko. Everybody likes you. And I'm sure... Gotta go! See ya! It's Snake Mountain time for the Energy Beast. 
<laughs> Wait a second. How did that bird with a face, which I think they're trying to tell me is a raven, mm-hmm. get into Castle Grayskull? Yeah, that was a little fishy. Maybe he flew in through the window. Are there open windows? Did the sorceress leave a window open? That damn yes, sorceress. The, this is ancient times, dude. Windows never... There were never any real win, real windows in the Did the sorceress leave back. her force field down? Um, <laughs> who designed that thing? I don't know, but that's an ugly bird. <laughs> that's one of the worst designs we've seen in the entire series. That raven with a face is awful looking yeah just awful much. looking and if you want to see a picture we can put it in the post but it's also uh, at behind the voice actors for uh, the image for that character since it does speak um will be up there um he-man is a human welder <laughs> oh god i meant to write that down he took a pipe with both his hands or whatever it was i think it was a pipe um yeah it was a, it was a pipe in the drill yeah that had like a jagged edge and he pushed them together, and without ever actually touching the two parts that were broken, he was his arms were way far away from that. With just telepathy, apparently, or something, his, his the force he used, the pipe welded itself back together. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, He-Man is not super... I got so pissed when I saw the pipe turn red. He-Man does not have heat vision, you asshats. Or the oh my god, um, the heat vision is more accurate because it did turn red at one point. And and I go ahead. Well, and also, where did He Man disappear to? Yeah, that's a little fishy too. They're going in this thing with this uh, vehicle, etc., and they're in a cave basically. So there's nowhere else you can go. And then also we have Adam switching to He Man, and then He Man disappearing in Adam, and it's just like, well, no, they're, they're in a cave. This doesn't work. We can't switch back yeah. and forth now, people. Yeah, no. Not really. <laughs> and uh, I want to know who who was in charge that said, hey, okay, we have Mount Eternia, which is this kind of landmark structure in the history of the planet. And mm-hmm. inside we have a temple that dates back to the early times and we have this energy beast which dates back to the beginning of the planet and he was basically trapped by the spirit of the ancients etc which is a very old and and classic uh figure in our history and then we are going to give that voice to the spirit of the ancients it it didn't work at all like I need some epically old crusty cringy cringy um, (laughs) something that speaks to how old this thing is supposed to be and how like revered it's supposed to be it sounded like the youngest voice in the entire episode yeah you really needed like a George Takei's Alpha Trion or something like that or you needed um or you needed one of the guys to use a deep voice or something yeah um it sounded like they gave the direction of hey sound like a middle sound like a a college kid that was weird um where's <laughs> Adam and Cringer? Oh, they're safe. Wait a second wait a second <laughs> that is not a good enough explanation. 
But they've done it before, though. Yeah, but it's not I mean, enough I, explanation in this situation. Like, literally, if I'm Tila or anybody else, and I'm like, wait a second, like, where's Adam and Cringer? They were, at, oh, don't worry, they're safe. No, no, that's not what I asked. I asked, where are they? Because they were here a second ago and they're gone. Like, what do you mean they're safe? They're safe where? They're safe how? Right, but think back to the episode where, in season one, where she was knocked out in the cave. Mm-hmm. And Adam and Adam transformed. She woke up, and they she got knocked out. Adam was with her when she got knocked out. She woke up. He Man was there. She got knocked out again, <laughs> and then Adam was there again. So it's sometimes they, it's okay, sometimes it's okay ex- to say there's like he's safe. Don't worry about him. I took care of him. Like, yeah. In certain situations, that play is fine because of what they've done. In this situation, mm-hmm. there's there's no reason for her to just accept the fact that he just says they're safe. Like mm-hmm. where that doesn't make sense. Um, and what a lame freaking ending to switch He-Man Day to a day honoring everybody. <laughs> that's like giving every. That's like not keeping score in T-ball and just saying that everybody freaking wins and everybody that's... gets a, a freaking Twinkie and a red star, gold yeah. star. No, people need to win and lose and be honored and not be honored and stop this with this self-esteem bullshit. That's kind of like, um, you know, softball games being canceled just because one drop of rain comes down close. on the field. <laughs> well, definitely should not be honoring everybody. I liked He-Man Day. Let's have it. And then we could have a parody version of uh, when Skeletor is doing his own Skeletor Day and oh, his, none of his villains are... are <laughs> Are working out oh. like the like Beastman's baking a cake and he trips and falls and spills it and uh, oh, Lynn's gonna seduce him but accidentally turns we, into something disgusting. I don't know. Um, we need a we need a Jingle Bells version for Masters for Batman Jingle Bells Batman smells. We need a Masters version of Jingle Bells. I want to recreate this episode. I redo okay. this episode my way. Oh, my God. Anybody know how to do animation, get a hold of it. (laughs) Uh, All right, it's awards and rankings time for episode. Wait, 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 what the hell are you 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 talking about? Uh, Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, crap. You kind of did, but you didn't hit on some of the worst ones. Okay, what are the worst ones besides (laughs) He-Man as a human welder? Orko... Don't you dare start doing stupid stuff. And damn it, Orko, you should know better by now than to go someplace you're told not to. Um, there's He-Man. No shit, Orko. He's smashing through solid stone. Have you not been paying attention at all? (laughs) Orko, seriously, come on. How long have you known this guy? You've had 66 episodes, Orko. Ah. How convenient for the plot that Tila gets trapped so she can't see the transformation. And how the hell did the power sword do that? And then wait, wait, wait. The power sword cuts a circle around the top of the damn mountain to send the beast to the center of the planet. Yet when he closes it up, he doesn't even seal it. Boo. He just puts a look. Oh my god. This episode. Okay, it's not that bad. Yes, it is. I mean, you didn't like the last episode, so I guess for this one it would be bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see exactly what you gave it. <laughs> Mount Attorney is acting up again. That's the worst acting I ever saw. I'm worried it's going to erupt. 
We'd better get moving. Good idea. How about to the beach? Well, I am afraid to get to this section for this episode because I'm not... I didn't dislike it as much as I believe you did, but I don't have any hardware to give out because nobody really stood out one way or the other. I have a feeling, though, you're going to make up with that with your first Havoc staff of Season 2. That's right. Who's it going to? Two, two Havoc staffs because I hope this writer never comes oh, back. Oh, there's Rope nothing wrong Gordon. with this. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Roby Gordon, Gorin gets a Havoc staff because of the same reason why Orko gets a Havoc staff because Roby basically took Orko's character development, what little we had from season one, and basically shit all over it. So they both get Havoc staffs. I'm not going to hate on him that much. I liked these two episodes as two episodes starting season two. I did not like this one quite as much as I liked the first one. So I'm going to knock it a little bit and kind of go fall in that mediocre range. I'm going to give it three Battle Cats out of five. How about you? Two Orcos. Okay, I thought you were going to do worse than that. No, two. So it's only slightly because, worse than because I don't episode. see I don't I don't see three as mediocre I see two as mediocre one is hated it and zero is oh my god don't watch this fucking thing I see two as slightly bad and I see like two and a half to three and a half as average and then four is good mm. anyway so a three and a two on the middle episode today let's see how we finish with episode sixty eight we're going into Fisto's forest. Fistel's Forest, written by Doug Booth and airing Thursday, September 13th, 1984. After protecting a young boy from a grazzler bear, Fisto tells the youngster how he first met He-Man, who helped turn him from villain to foe, to hero. And I guess we don't need to talk about this episode anymore. Um, <laughs> a few years ago, Fisto terrorized a small village and blocked their water supply, causing their crops to fail. A young girl go, uh, went to the royal palace to ask for help, and King Randor sent Prince Adam, Tila, and Orko and Cringer to look into the situation, and they found themselves trying to put an end to Fisto's reign of terror. Um, we did have a brief appearance from Skeletor in this episode. We had the Masters as well as another appearance from the King and the Queen. The PSA was Tila explaining how Fisto's story illustrates why you should uh, treat others as you would want to be treated. 
As far as the Oracle's fun facts, the only two I wanted to bring up here, um, the Elf Lord that's in this episode was used in Season 1, the Dragon's Gift, and he was the Trepercon Tullamore. Um, so the same exact uh, design there, and, but apparently it's been two different people. And Arachna would later appear as the Jolik in the episode Search for a Sun, so we'll have to wait for that. Um, what did you think of our introduction to Fisto? So let me get this straight. They basically they basically took Manny Face's episode and took him out, changed the story slightly, added Skeletor to the mix, and you have Fisto's story. Really? They're just copying old stories now? Come on. I don't feel it's quite like that. I mean, I don't dislike this episode, but the plot, you... you you have to look at the plot here. Come on now. No, I, I like the he idea sits... that I like the idea that he started off bad. Because mm-hmm. again, I didn't remember that about him. I just thought he was mm-hmm. always good. So when they're first starting to show the episode, I'm like, wait a second, have I been wrong this whole time? Is Fisto a bad guy? And I've just had this <laughs> bad memory that he was a good guy. I'm so confused right now. Um, <laughs> so, so I mean, I don't mind it from that point. I, I, I think there was some flaws in the execution. I think. Uh, there's some stuff that we'll talk about at uh, Snake Mountain that I didn't like about it, but um, it, it definitely isn't very. It, it isn't as complex of a plot that you would expect with this whole bad guy, good guy turn. Right. Well, th- this is basically like I said. Go back and watch the many faces of many faces. Right. This is basically that general plot. I'm not saying that they're the exact same, but it's the general plot of many faces was a monster. He, you know, ravaged villages like Godzilla in Tokyo, and I think, and then He-Man turned him good. I mean, that's... I think the difference for me is that in Manny Faces, it was... Manny Faces, I got the feeling that it was more of a... Um, not necessarily... Um, not necessarily his choice. It was more like that Beauty and the Beast thing where he's just looked upon as the Beast, so he kind of was was inadvertently a bad guy, whereas with Fisto, he's, he's consciously yeah. choosing to be bad. Um, so I thought there was a slight difference, but yeah, it's the same per- basic premise. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't dislike the plot. I'm just pointing out that we've seen this kind of before. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't have anything against this episode whatsoever. I, I actually enjoyed it most out of all three today. What? Yeah, you heard me. Oy vey. Time to go to Castle Grayskull and hear what this guy's talking about. <laughs> and we'll starve. And yet, there is water. But it has been cut off from us. Fisto is the one who changed the course of the river, and he's the one who's going to pay. Father, no! Your father has made up his mind. But he may need help. Oh, the king and queen. Oh, grandfather, I must go to the palace. Your majesties, our land was happy and peaceful until Skeletor put our elf lord under a spell and made Fisto ruler of the forest. My father has gone to the forest, and I'm afraid Fisto will do something bad to him. Please help I like us. time for Fisto's Forest. Um, first of all, I thought it was cool, 
that the king was asking Adam what he would do if he was king or when he was king in certain situations. I thought that was kind of the uh, first time we've gotten the king talking to Adam as the future king. Um, mm-hmm. We've never really thought of him like that, I don't think. We've been just Prince Adam, even though he's a prince, we don't ever think about, oh, you would actually take the throne um, type situation. Um, I liked Fisto and his evil spider, Arachna. It almost gave Fisto a legit villain feel, like he had some type of connection to Skeletor or Hordak or something like that, um, mm-hmm. just because the evil spider looked like something that one of those two would have. Um, mm-hmm. I liked that there was kind of a strength uh, dilemma here, not dilemma, but kind of a relationship here between He-Man and Fisto. we got two strong men, so we kind of have that showdown, even though they're not necessarily fighting each other directly ever, like in a feat of strength. Um, I thought there were some very cool action sequences and animation in the last scene between He-Man and Arachna. Um, There's a spot where he's pulling... Uh, Arachna, and then Arachna goes flying past him, and then he gets jerked like real quick uh, around it. That was done very well, and just all the stuff in that scene is is done well, and stuff that we haven't seen before. So I liked all that. What about you? Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I could have sworn, and this my this might be my brain fast forwarding to the 2002 series. I could have sworn Fisto and Man, uh, Manny faces. No, not that one. Uh, Fisto and Man in Arms were brothers, or something, um, but I'm probably remembering that wrong. Um, I like Fisto, he's a cool character, um, I'm trying to think here, um, it's nice to finally see him, um, I thought that was, you know, a good lesson from Reyna to Fisto, that, you know, that she helped him because he, you know, she helped him regardless of what he had done to her. Uh, I thought that was really good. Uh, like you said, the animation was. I thought that was a little strange, though, when He Man basically fell off the rock <laughs> when the spider pulled. When oh, those... it, well, I just like I just like the, the natural it, movement. Well, yeah, yeah, but I I thought it was, I thought it looked a little little off, I can but. See that. Um, um, and then my final note was I enjoy this one so much. There's really n- nothing more. I, I just stopped. Honestly, I just stopped. Wa- I stopped uh, writing notes and just started watching this episode because um, I really did like it. The only thing is, I wish you're, you're gonna love this. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of this movie. I almost wish the kid would have interrupted Fisto several times, like the kid did with the grandfather in the in the Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, anything about that movie injected into anything would be cool. Um, all right, well, let's see what kind of bad stuff we can say about Fisto's forest. Here's where he blocked the river. Exactly, and now you got the chance to thank Fisto in person. Three words for you about this episode. Voices, voices, voices. Uh, Reyna's voice was terrible. Multiple side characters' voices were terrible. Um, Linda Gary was working overtime on this episode, and it did not pay off. Um, (laughs) God rest her soul. Um, I I just don't know how much confidence I have in, in Doug Booth's writing. I think 
he takes a lot of shortcuts and doesn't feel the need to explain anything. Um, not buying that that tree would have kept Fisto down. He's supposed to be set up as a strong man, and like this tree mm. randomly, lamely ends up on top of him, and now he's just giving them. I give up. It's it's over. There's a tree <laughs> on me. I can't do anything. I have a, a ginormous metal arm, but I can't do anything. Um, Fisto basically turned into Ram Man this episode because that would be something that Rammy would do. Probably he would give up immediately. Yeah, um, I, I don't also buy like Reyna gets out of the cage, prison, whatever you want to call it, after Orko slams her in the ass a couple times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my question is, why didn't Orko just follow her right out? Orko's a dumbass. I mean, he he, he could have easily flown through the, the bars. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't that much... I mean, he was smaller than that area, so he could have got out there. Um, and that change was just way too quick for me as far as um, Fisto's turn he went from bad to good with no development whatsoever with no time whatsoever it's just like oh you did something good for me i am good now no, come on now you weren't evil then uh, that was just uh, that was just like i'm a writer i want this guy to go from a bad guy to a good guy so we'll let him see one good deed and i don't need to do anything else he can be good now mm-hmm. I, I, blah blah to you doug booth <laughs> what about you sir um did we actually see skeletor in this episode yes his face. See, i don't remember we saw i don't his remember face. that Okay, because I don't remember that, because all as I remember seeing on the screen was, this is the voice of Skeletor. Yeah. Why can't we see you, Boneface? I'm pretty sure we do at some point. Yeah, um, but that's really, I mean, I generally enjoyed this. And yeah, sure, Doug Booth is not the best writer in the world, and he doesn't explain shit half the time. But this, to me, was more enjoyable than the other two episodes. You are wrong, sir. You are very, very wrong. And let's see how wrong you are when we get to your ratings. Well, something's happening. But I don't think it's what Orko had in mind. Those branches are growing inside. Oh, no. It's no good. They keep right on growing. I didn't say grow tree. I said go free. Time for some of my magic. It's your last chance to hand out hardware for the first episode of season two power swords or havoc staff sir i'll give a power sword to fisto for you know coming around and realizing what he was doing was wrong mm-hmm. um and i do want to see more of him in the future i'm actually going to give a power sword out to both he-man and fisto i thought they both did a decent job even though i think fisto's switch was too too quick i kind of liked fisto as a bad guy he was kind of cool to watch um with his little spider friend and I thought He-Man was decent in this episode, so I'll give a power sword to both of them. All right, all right you said right. this episode is better than all these other ones. Let's see. You gave the second episode a two. Um, yeah, the first one a three. And so what are you giving this one? Four out of five Battle Cats or Orcos or whatever the hell I use. You give out anyway. Orcos. <laughs> I can give out whatever the hell I want. So four, huh? Yep. Really enjoyed it. Thought it was great. I mean... 
I mean, hell, if it gets me to make a Princess Bride reference, it must be good. Something like that. Um, I actually don't disagree with you much with the rating on this one. I'm going to give it a three and a half Battle Cats. I thought it was slightly better than average, even though the change was too soon. I did like seeing Fisto's appearance and whatnot. I guess what I disagree with you on is the first episode, because that, to me, was the best episode of the day. Got a whole, no. slew, of, a whole slew of evil warriors. It was a real, real great story. Um, loved Manny Faces in it, so definitely... Shadow of Skeletor was the best episode of the day, but I am only a half a point difference with you on Fisto's Forest. I didn't get to say this because I forgot to say it in the Snake Mountain moments for Shadow of Skeletor, but the fact that we never actually saw the Shadow of Skeletor, that's what that's another little nitpick against that episode. Anyway. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that does it for today's episodes. Uh, We'll be right back uh, with our thoughts on the opening of Season 2 and uh, all the outro information. Today you saw what happened when Raman and I got into an argument. It almost ruined our friendship. Uh, I'm sure happy we're pals again. When people lose their temper, they often say things they later regret. So if you get angry, be careful you don't say something you really don't mean. Something you'll be sorry about later. I'm glad we made up, because now we're better friends than ever. Right, Manny? What, Manny? Ah, brave new world that has such putzes in it. You know, kids, a lot has changed while your old Uncle Joker's been away. New Gotham... New rules, even a new Batman. It isn't 65 years in the future, but Legends of the Dark Knight has gone beyond. Batman beyond, that is. Ah, the new boy. Ears are too long and I miss the cape, but not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Join Steve and Mike as they delve into the remaining episodes of the podcast, where they'll cover Batman Beyond, products, games, and more. Check it out only on geekcastradio.com. In today's story, Orko found out how important it is to have patience. I couldn't wait to go into the ancient temple, and I ended up causing a lot of trouble for me and everyone else. I'm happy you learned your lesson. Oh, by the way, I guess I'll be seeing you at the big parade tomorrow. Tomorrow? I gotta wait till then? Oh, why can't we have the parade today? Orko. Okay, I'll be patient, but it won't be easy. See you next time. Hope it's soon! Pixels in the Animation is the GeekCast Radio Network's video game cartoon review show. We are covering every episode of nine different video game cartoons. Join TV's Mr. Neil and myself, TFG and Mike, as we trek through multiple Mario tunes, Zelda, Captain N, Mega Man, Sonic, and we are also driving through Donkey Kong Country. Pixels in the Animation is 100 episodes of video game cartoon goodness, so tune in to help us find the Pixels in the Animation, which you can find every Wednesday on iTunes and www.geekcastradio.com. You all saw how Fisto changed from a bad guy who nobody liked into a real hero. At first, he caused nothing but trouble. In today's episode, Fisto learned that if you treat a person with respect and courtesy, chances are that's the way they'll treat you in return. If you mistreat somebody, you'll only earn their disrespect. Remember the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So long until next time. All right, sir. So we have started a new season. Are you excited about season two? Do you think it started off somewhat in the right 
direction? Are you think it's still just a continuation of what we got a year ago in 1983? I think it's a good start. Uh, it's not like, oh my god, it's a blockbuster right out of the gate, but at least none of these episodes... Okay, well, no, not, not even Energy Beast. Um, I was going to say at least none of these episodes have just one-off villains or, you know, villains that have nothing to do with Skeletor. Um, I liked that Skeletor had something to do in every single episode of the first three opening season two. Um, I like seeing the evil warriors more in the first episode in in Shadow of Skeletor, but uh, I'm expecting to see others. Like, I've seen Evil Inn, I've seen Beastman, I've seen Merman already. I want to see... Others. Yeah, others. I mean, I want to see Too Bad. I want to see uh, Tongue Lash or and King Hiss and all this and all that. And other Patience, stuff. my good sir. Yes, I know, I know. But, and I don't honestly, even though we saw Whiplash in this episode, he has, what, maybe two lines, so I don't really count. I, okay, sure, it is an appearance, but I don't, like, it would be different if this episode had Merman and Whiplash doing Skeletor's bidding on their own. It was just them. But we saw, like, five seconds of Whiplash, and it's like, really? Seriously? That's all they're giving him? Well, we did see Whiplash in a different form when He-Man got flung down the hill. Um, anyway, uh, um, I, I think it's uh, I think I enjoyed this, the way Season 2 started. Uh, right off the bat, they showed us all the characters that we're used to, um, almost all of them. So we've already had appearances of every evil warrior we know, basically. Um, outside of uh, they didn't show Triclops, did they? Um, no. But they showed all the other season one villains for the most part, and for the masters, we got to see everything, everybody except for Stratos. So right away from season two, they're they're recapping season one in a way by showing us all the characters they're introducing. Uh, Fisto, we got a, a closer look um, or a second look at Manny faces. So, so I'm not upset about any of that. I love to, like you, uh, enjoy that even in the episodes that didn't focus on Skeletor, we got to see his involvement or his uh, correlation to whatever was going on. So I, I thought that was cool. Um, and none of the episodes to me were bad. I, I mean, I think we had one slightly, very, very, very slightly above average, one above average, and one really good episode. So uh, nothing to be upset about yet. And it just means that there's a lot more to look forward to. I know we got a lot of episodes left um, and a lot of characters to get to. So process of elimination, we're going to have some uh, some new characters come in soon, I would think. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, thank you for listening to Tales of Eternia. And if you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, www.geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all of our posts. Send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Leave the show feedback in iTunes. Please do that. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Geekcast Radio. What's yours? TFG and Mike. And mine is at Optimus Solo. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Just search out Geekcast Radio Network. You can call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. The number there is 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed the tales today. And don't forget to join us on our next adventure when we will be... Uh, continue season two discussing episodes 69 episode 70 and episode 71 which are the gamesman the rarest gift of all and to save skeletor for now i'm optimus solo with gf2 and mike by the powers of grayskull you all have the power
So we actually did get a new iTunes review oh, since the last time. This comes from Cosmic Psycho, who initially, I think his first review was on Pixels the Animation, and then I think he also reviewed Legends of the Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, I was right on that. Uh, So he says, pull it up here. Oh, come on. Uh, He says, powerful indeed, a five-star review left on March 22nd. Sorry, we're only getting to it now. Uh, He says, I was hesitant to listen to this podcast after hearing some of the other review shows on the network, but luckily He-Man managed to hold up pretty well after all these years. It's good to relive the adventures on Eternia with folks who love the show as much as, if not more, than I do. Looking forward to continuing the journey. Keep up the good work, and I award a power sword to both hosts. Yay. Yay. One power sword for me, one power sword for you. Exactly. Keep a tally. Oh, God, here we go. Yeah, leave more iTunes reviews, people, because as soon as you leave iTunes reviews, we get awards then. <laughs> power Swords or Havoc Staffs. To either <laughs> no Havoc Staffs. Parts of the show. Oh, God. Now we really stepped in cringer do. Yay. Yay. Yeah, thank you so much. 